16 of September. Bible College Curriculum Teaching for Today. A Hidden Treasure. The Sower Soweth the Word. Mark 4.14. Article by Kenny Copeland. Right now, at this very moment, you have hidden within you, inside you, a treasure that can change the world. A treasure that can change a man's eternal destiny. That can take him to heaven and save him from hell. A treasure that can turn a person's poverty into prosperity. His sickness into health. His sorrow into joy. You have within you all-powerful word of God. Don't keep it to yourself. Plan it wherever you go. Sow it into the hearts of those you meet. Share it at every opportunity. But I don't know how, you may say. Then start learning. Let these three steps help guide the way. One, make a decision. Make up your mind and heart today that you are going to share the word with others no matter what. Determine right now that it's the most important thing you'll ever do. Commit to it. Once you've done that, you'll find the rest is easy. Two, prepare yourself. Spend time meditating in the Word each day. <clears throat> Allow the Holy Spirit to minister to you. That will make it easy for you to minister to others. You'll be sensitive to the Holy Spirit and be able to hear His voice. He'll help you know what to say in each situation. Three, stay in faith. Once you share the word with someone, trust God for the results. The word of God does not return void. Even if they seem indifferent to you, even if it appears the word has no effect, keep believing your fate will keep that word alive inside them. <clears throat> I said your fate will keep that word alive inside of them. And eventually it will do its transforming work. If you have to, say to them, I love you and I forgive you while they're screaming at you. You have hidden within you, remember, a treasure that can change the world. What are we going to do with it today? We're going to get on and get on after it. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 1-7 through seven say, Therefore, since God in his mercy has given us this, this new way, we never give up. We reject all shameful deeds and underhand methods. We don't try to trick anyone or distort the word of God. We tell the truth before God and all who are honest know this. If the good news we preach is hidden behind a veil, it is hidden only from people who are perishing. Satan, who is the God of this world, has blinded the minds of those who don't believe. They are unable to see that glorious light of the good news. They don't understand this message about the glory of Christ, which is the exact likeness of God. You see, we don't go around preaching about ourselves. We preach that Jesus Christ is Lord, and we ourselves are your servants for Jesus' sake. For God, who said, let there be light in the darkness has made this light shine in our hearts so we could know 
the glory of God that is seen in the face of Jesus Christ. We now have this light shining in our hearts, but we ourselves are like fragile clay jars containing this great treasure. This makes it clear that our great power is from God, not from ourselves. Amen. Now remember, if we refuse to recognize the sins in our lives, we are in denial and are headed for destruction. If Satan has blinded us to our sins and addictions, we cannot accept the gift of forgiveness that God offers us through a relationship with Jesus Christ. The only way to overcome the powerful effects of our sins is to admit our helplessness and entrust our lives to God. He will help us take an honest inventory of our lives and empower us to change. But we begin the process by shedding our denial and accepting the good news of salvation through Jesus Christ. Amen. When we entrust our life to God, two things happen. Sometimes confusing processes are inedible. Sometimes they're working together. One on one hand, the body's physical deterioration and eventually death are inedible. And as are the distressing trials that accompany life on this earth. On the other hand, our spirit is being renewed, preparing us day by day for the overwhelming glory and blessing we will experience in the presence of God throughout eternity. If we trust God to help us in our troubles now, we can look beyond those troubles to the everlasting joy he has for us in eternity. The fact that God is preparing a new body and a better home for us at the end of our physical lives cannot be proven scientifically. It must be accepted by faith because God told us in Hebrews 11.1, 1, such faith always pleases God and it helps us overcome our great fear of death, the doorway to our eternal life with God. It is important in recovery that we entrust our lives to God and seek to please him knowing that God wants to give us something special after this life can give us confidence and motivate us to trust him now. And remember, trust is a decision. It's a solid decision, not a continual faxes. I am determined and I choose to trust God and that's it. I'm not continually trusting him that I have to keep working my trust. The buck stops here. We trust God right now in the now in the now. We thank him and we praise him and we give him all the glory and the honor. Hallelujah. And that, my folks, brings joy and confidence, that solid trust we have in our hearts and our minds. Amen and amen. Thank you for coming on today's reading. May the Lord bless you and keep you. Make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. Lift up his counts and give you peace. And establish you in every which way in Jesus' mighty name. Amen and amen. Reading the doctor's opinion where it says uh, psych, psychic, how's it called? Moral psychology. We've been studying that word moral psychology as of last week. I think it's on page XXXI of the fourth edition. His alcoholic problem was so complex and his depression so great that we felt his only hope would be through what we call moral psychology. And we doubted even that would have any effect. Amen. So I have my friend here. I'm going to ask him what does he think what uh, moral psychology 
uh, is meant right here. You're asking me. Yeah, <laughs> you're my friend. Okay. <laughs> Some moral psychology. Um, yeah, just out of your. Well. For me. Uh-huh. As an alcoholic. When I was deep in my alcoholism. Narcissism was rampant. Nobody really knew if someone was a, a real narcissist because when you're drinking, you are a narcissist, okay? It's about you, it's about you, it's about whatever you can get, it's whatever you can do for yourself. All right, so your moral psychology is about what can, anything that I can do to help myself, to, to give to myself, is moral, all right? So when somebody comes in and, 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 and they're talking about moral psychology, but they're not, they're either recovering alcoholic, they've done the steps, they've done the work, and they're talking to someone who's deep in their alcoholism, they're coming from a different moral psychology. This is, what, <clears throat> this is, what, this is how we do things. This is the way of thinking, um, psychology, the way of thinking, the way of... Um, of understanding the way of, of, of turning your mental health into something that is outside of yourself. Because when you're, <clears throat> when you're drinking and you're a narcissist and you're, and you're trying to get your own, you're trying to do what's good for yourself at, at all costs, you are completely inside of yourself and nothing else matters. There's a, a God is just a figurative thing that you have learned in church or whatever growing up. And it's someone that you have no connection to until the time comes when you've actually surrendered and decided that at this point that you, whatever you're doing, whatever you're telling yourself you need to do, whatever moral psychology you believe inside of your alcoholism is not working and that you can't do it anymore and you want and you want to you want to surrender then that's the point when that moral psychology turns into something that actually might be be helpful to yourself and to somebody else and 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 might start the process of healing does that make sense yeah because it, it can either go either way, right? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's until, that's why, until you actually make the decision that you're no longer in control and that a moral psychology that you believe is a narcissistic moral psychology is no longer bringing you to it's bringing you to destruction but not towards healing once you realize that then the moral psychology is one of that you learn in the program and that is surrender a new a new way of thinking your moral your moral psychology is now centered upon a higher power someone greater than yourself, someone that is not yourself, no longer thinking that you are in charge, 
and your psychology is 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 completely different from the one that you had inside of your your alcoholism and it's it's the turning point mm. very good boy <laughs> I didn't expect such a hit over the fence he hit it over the fence for me um, I just wanted to say um, this guy died and he went to heaven and he said that God didn't judge him. All it was is he showed him pictures of how he was kind and where he could have done better. And then he said, so what about the, he goes, well, you believe, right? That's good enough. Mm -hmm. And I remember when I came to AA, I did not believe whatsoever. I didn't have any hope. Mm -hmm. So alcohol went to the extreme narcissism put me that that I didn't care about anybody anything and everything mm -hmm. um, so it, it it came around through the back door the program did with the laughter and the joy and I was able to judge myself but he said how you doing taking care of others how you doing taking care of yourself mm -hmm. and that you believe those were mm -hmm. the only three uh, requirements for him specific for that person mm -hmm. so uh, I'm glad to see it. When I heard that, I said, well, that's, that's AA for you. That's the program. We, mm -hmm. we start to believe. Then we tend to, just by our presence, we help others by osmosis, by being here. And then I, I just keep thinking, I need to take care of myself more so I can be of better service, right? Think about that. That's right. If, um, in the doctor's opinion, and when it's talking about you know, I mean, it, it's, we need to hear that. We need to hear what, what is, what is being said because we are, we're not understanding. We're, we're too involved and too inside of our own mess that, that we don't really know. We think we're fine. We think we're fine, even though we're not. And so that's why they put that at the beginning of the book and not at the end of the book or the middle of the book. It's kind of like, okay, this is where you're at. This is, this is who you are. If you think otherwise, then you're still, you're still not ready for the, to, to start the program. You're, you're still not ready yet. And that's why they always say it. I mean, it, you know, there's all, we have all these little you know, surrender to win or surrender. I mean, we have all these little things that, but, but you think about it until you have, until you realize that you cannot win that you on your own, that you can't do it on yourself, that by yourself, then you're going to continue to be the narcissist that you are. You're going to continue to think that you have control. And what's interesting for me when I believe that I have control, that's when my fear is greatest. Because I look at my track record and I'm like, well, hasn't been so good, but you know what? It could be really good this time. So, but, but because of my track record of failure and, and destruction, that fear is stronger because I'm relying on myself and my track record is not so good. 
Mm. So, of course, I'm going to be fearful. I'm going to be fearful of everything that I'm in charge of. Because look who's leading the ship. The guy who's taken it into, into the ground a few times. Mm. So, how many people would want to get on a cruise ship if I was, if I was the uh, captain and I had beached the damn thing a few times? Nobody. I wouldn't want to get on that ship. All right. But when you give it to God or, and, you, and, and, you, and, you, and you decide that the parameters that have been set forth in this book are a guide to progress, not perfection, progress. When, it, when you say progress and not perfection, you realize that there's more to come later. The story is going to get better. So the fear is dissipating because there's hope. It's replaced with hope. Fear is like this when you're in charge. Morning. Morning. It's now, this is what you've got. Now hope is starting to take the place of fear when fear is diminished. Mm. And that's why we come to these movies. That's why we do this. That's why we read. That's why we... That's why we have a spiritual program. Because if we didn't... That's a good one. Oh, that's free. Thank you. But that's where I'm going. Own damn coffee. <laughs> so, which is a good idea. Thank you. Just thinking about... Well, let's go ahead and close it with... Uh, God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can and the wisdom to know the difference. Amen.